0: Uh, Father, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for uh, loving us, Lord. I thank you for uh, just your word, um, being able to hold uh, your words in our hand, not having to guess on life and wonder what we might want to do or what we should do or if we're good enough, but we can just take uh, what you've left us and uh, just roll with that. And so, Lord, I do uh, just thank you for uh, being good to us and loving us. and. Um, uh, just uh, allowing us to be a part of what you're doing and just looking around at the things that we've got coming up with the Harvest Party and uh, the Halloween outreach and, and all the different things. Uh, we have a really good opportunity to uh, reach out to uh, the community around us, uh, the people that we get to bump elbows with every day and uh, not just show them why we come to church, but uh, really uh, why we have a relationship with you and what uh, we do. We love them. We love their kids, but we know that you love them more. So I pray that you would just give us the opportunity to uh, just be your hands and feet in the next couple of weeks weeks to do that and uh, have a good fellowship while we do it. And so I pray you just be about the details of all of those things. Um, Lord, we, we couldn't do any of it without you anyway. And so, uh, Lord, I do pray that you'd speak to us today. Uh, we're kind of starting something new uh, this week, and uh, it's going to take a little bit of time. But I pray that uh, as we just take some time just to slow down and maybe get back to some basic things. Uh, It would allow us to have a little more peace in our life, and uh, we would just really uh, find our identity in you, because our identity is not anything that we do, uh, but it's really uh, what you have called us to, and whether we're we're willing to be obedient to it or not. And so, Lord, I pray you speak to us today, uh, just be with uh, all the other uh, guys who are preaching and teaching right now, and that you just get the honor and the glory for all of it. In Christ's name, amen. Okay. So last week we started, and it was a very quick start and uh, pause, uh, the book of Jonah. And so uh, we're not going to go back to Jonah for a while. Um, but the book of Jonah, I gave an overview last week of basically God called Jonah to do something. And he had the opportunity to either obey or not obey. Go back and listen to the recording if you want to. And um, But anyway, the whole point in what we're going to do uh, now was... What we need to do as we go through the book of Jonah, and it's probably going to be about the first of the year before we get back there, is be able to walk through that book and ask ourselves as we go through it, am I really doing what God has called me to do? You know, we're not all called to go and to uh, preach to the city of Nineveh. We're not all called to do the exact same thing, but God has called each and every one of us to something different in our life. That's the plan of God for your life. We understand the will of God and the plan of God are a little bit different. The will of God is the same for everybody. It's either to get saved or to be sanctified, to be more like Jesus, right? But... Uh, the plan of God is different for every person. And so as we walk through Jonah, I wanted to take some time and make sure that we understand what is God calling me to do. And so go back and listen to all that I don't really have time for it. But today we're going to start something that I didn't I didn't really know what to call it. And I'll explain it, it may change names by the time we get done because you know I'm kind of the slow kid in class and sometimes it takes me a minute to um to figure out exactly what it's gonna be. But this has been rolling around in my head for a while. There's been some uh people that uh have hit me at different directions for something like this, not even really knowing what they were asking for. And so what I guess I'm going to call it is uh, the family life study. And the reason I call it that, because if you're like, well, I don't have kids, I don't have a family, I'm not married, okay, it still applies to you in the sense of, let me explain, um, have you ever felt like you know what God has called you to do? Kind of. Right. And so I got to said, hey, this is what I want you to do. I want you to uh, be a part of this or do that. Right. Or I want you to be. Maybe, so if you're married, I want you to be a, a good spouse. Right. And I, you need to to serve one another. All the different things. We'll get to that. Uh, but at the same time, you've got uh, little kids running around, maybe. And it's like, OK, well, I've got to be a, a good parent. We've got to train them up, because if not, you know, if if the kids are crazy, the whole house is crazy. You ever been there? Right? And so you've got that going on. And at the same time, you've got, uh, jobs. Usually both of you have jobs if you're married. And you've got, you know, people pulling at you different directions. I remember when I was working up, uh, north, it felt like the job was just pulling hard all the time. And it was just like, they couldn't get enough of my time and all the things. And it was just like, I can't. I can't do this. And so you've got that going on. And you know, as a Christian, you're supposed to be a good employee. And at the same time, you've got the church saying, hey, we need help over here. And can you be involved in this? And it's like, well, yeah, I need to be a part of ministry. And I need to be doing that. And I, I want to be a good steward of what God has called me to do. And so you're doing that. And uh, the next thing you know, uh, your wife's like, hey, we're not getting this done. And then the husband's like, hey, this isn't really happening. And the kids are like, hey, you know, just screaming all the time. And uh, the job's like, hey, uh, you got to pick it up. And then you feel like I, I thought I could juggle all these things pretty well. The next thing I know, I can't even walk and chew gum at the same time because all the balls I'm juggling are hitting me in the head. And, like, life is just chaos, right? Have you ever been there? Okay, praise the Lord. Tyler is going to teach this. This is what happens, and, and we as Christians, of all people, the world is watching us. Hey, she's here. <laughs> I told you she was coming. Uh <coughs> It's all good. Uh, so you've got just chaos going on. And as Christians, the world is watching you. You know that, right? The world is watching you not because they want to say, hey, you're doing a good job as a Christian, but they want to be the first one to point when you fall. They want to be the first one to say, oh, you're a hypocrite or this, that, or the other, right? And so the world is watching you. And we as Christians, we're like, I, I've got to keep it together. And the problem is we just can't keep it together. And so... As I've been kind of thinking through what this needs to look like, should look like, I this is the best I can title it because if you're single, praise the Lord. If your life is crazy, let me just tell you, there will be a day that uh, it will probably get crazier whether you get married or not. And whether you are married and have kids, let me just tell you, it doesn't really slow down as your kids get older, right? I, I don't think it ever gets better. I've been telling my wife for, I don't know, approximately... 15 years that if we just give it two weeks things are going to slow down right we'll look at the schedule and it's like it's really full but it looks like there's going to be a break and we'll be able to breathe a little bit and uh two weeks is almost here i think and it just never happens because there's always something else there's always something to and so the whole point of this thing is what has God told me to do? Because if you're ever going to find any kind of peace in the chaos, I promise it's not going to slow down. So if you're going to find any peace in the chaos, it's finding out what has God told me to do and just simply doing that. Right. And so what I want to do as we do this and I thought I was going to be able to do uh, I've got like six different topics. And I don't usually do topical, you guys understand, usually I pick a book and we teach through it. But this is different and I think it's necessary. Um, and so I've got six different topics. So I was like, oh, sweet, we'll do this in six weeks and it'll be good. And uh, I'm pretty sure this is going to take a lot longer than six weeks, just so you know. And so uh, I gave you guys the topics last week, but I'll, I'll roll through them right now if you weren't here, just so you kind of know what we're going to look at over the next several weeks. But uh, the first one we're going to look at, because and they're in order as well, because if you aren't doing the first one, then it doesn't matter if you do the second one. And it doesn't matter if you get to the third one. If you're not doing the first two well, then it doesn't matter. And so they build on one another. And so if you can't get the first one down, don't worry. We might get to it, but don't worry about even focusing on the next one until you get number one down and then the second one. So the first one we're going to look at, and we're just barely going to get started on it today, uh, is, is basically, I don't know how, how to title it, but following God. What does God want me to do in just my relationship with him? Nothing else, right? Start there. Uh, in the next, the next time we get, it won't be t- next week because we'll be finished in following God next week, uh, we're gonna look at being a spouse, right? Because the number two relationship you have in your life if you're married, you're gonna have a relationship with Christ, but you have gotta have a good relationship with your spouse. It doesn't matter if you've got 17 kids and counting. If you don't have a good relationship with your spouse, it doesn't matter, right? Uh, the next one we'll look at is what does raising kids look like according to the Bible, right? And again, if you don't have a good, solid relationship with your spouse, then raising kids really isn't going to be your priority because the kids will rule the house. That's just how it works. Uh, just so you know, uh, sometime in November we're also starting a, a child training study on Wednesday nights for four weeks. So I'll be doing that again. So just so you know, uh, throwing that out there, talking about raising children. Uh, the next one, we'll look at being involved in ministry. It's crazy that you have to get to the fourth thing on the list before it even, ministry even comes up. Cause if your house isn't in order, it doesn't matter if you're involved in 17 ministries at the church. Make sure your house is in order. Okay? Being involved in ministry, uh, the, the last, or the fifth one, working in the world, you know, what does it look like to be an employee, to be an employer, uh, just to be a testimony in the, in the vocation that you have. And then the last one, is, uh my son so eloquent told me last week, I was like, I don't really know what to call it, like church life, fellowship life, friend life. He's like social life. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, social life. You know, how do you interact with just the people? OK, so that's what we're going to look at. So, you know where we're going. So you've got a roadmap. That's where we're going to be. Uh, so this week, what we're going to do is we're just going to look at, you know, following God. And so uh, today they, they, we're going to start answering this question. Right? And so this is really basic stuff. I'm probably not going to tell any of you anything that you're like, I didn't know that. Okay, but are you applying it? Because if you're not applying this, then I don't care if you're a good husband or a wife. It doesn't matter. Right? It doesn't matter if you're the best husband in the world, guys. Uh, If you don't have a good relationship with Christ, your marriage is not going to be that good. I'm just telling you. Or everything else behind that, okay? Uh, We're going to answer, what are your, what are my responsibilities when it comes to following God? What are my responsibilities when it comes to following God? As a Christian, I'm not talking about lost people, right? If you don't have a relationship with Christ, it really doesn't matter because, you know, you're just doing the best you can. And that's okay. The world's full of a lot of people who are just doing the best they can. The problem is uh, it's not personal, right? You can know a whole lot about God. But if you don't personally know God, there's going to be a time when he looks at you and he's like, I just don't know you. I've always used this analogy. I could know a lot. I, I like sports. Right. I can know a lot about uh, an athlete, you know, say uh, some other you, you guys would know more. But say pick an athlete, Travis Kelsey. i could be like, man, if I saw Travis Kelsey out in the world, you know, maybe he's with Taylor Swift or not. I don't know. Anyway, uh, but if I saw him out in the world. Right. And he's uh, he's like having dinner and I could walk up to him and I could be like, man, you're amazing, uh, you, you're you playing so much longer uh, than Gronk ever did, I, you just list all these things that he's ever done, right? Like you, you've scored this many touchdowns, you've had this many yards, you've done all this. I could know everything about the dude, right? And he could look at me and be like, that's really cool, man. Who in the world are you, right? That's the same thing with a lot of people who think they have a relationship with God in the world. They know a lot about Jesus, but there was never a time when they were like, This is the personal. This is where I made it personal, right? And so it's a lot like that. And so there's a lot of people who, who think they've got it figured out, but we need to make sure that we got the basics done. And so that's where we're going to be for the next several weeks. If this is too basic for you, I'm sorry. Uh, there's been a lot of people that are, that are kind of like, asking for this and it's actually been really good for me. And so uh this is it's gonna be uh very different than what Passpoint really usually is. Usually I have a passage, I teach out of it, I usually don't veer far from it because I don't really have time to bounce around, but we're gonna do things a little differently. Uh so uh we're gonna be uh settled in the gospels and uh We'll be bouncing around quite a little bit in the Gospels. So, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay, so what are my responsibilities when it comes to following God? So here's what you're going to have. You're going to have seven things that should be found in your life as you follow God. We won't get all seven. We might get two if we're lucky today. Uh, seven things that should be found in your life if you're following God. As you walk along this relationship with God, right? Seven things. And there's probably a whole lot more, but uh, it's my list, and so you can make your own list, and you can teach it sometime. But this is my list, and these are the seven things that I came up with as I was going through it. And, and so, uh, the first one, flip over to Matthew chapter four. If you got your uh, Bibles with you, or your phones, your, your, you know, Bible apps, or whatever you got. And, uh, Matthew chapter four. Each one of these things I've kind of got just kind of like a story, and a couple stories, actually, to prove the point of what I'm saying. And as we go through a lot of these things, like when we get to uh, marriage or raising kids, we're going to look a lot at what like maybe the Apostle Paul said, or the Apostle Peter said, or maybe James or John, and kind of some application on these things. As far as what it looks like to follow God, I wanted to stay strictly in the Gospels. Why? Because these are the things that Jesus himself said not just to the multitudes. These are the things that Jesus himself said to his disciples, his followers. So that would be you, right? You all claim to be, I'm a follower of Christ. I am a disciple of Christ. I'm following. So these things, these seven things are all things that Jesus told you, right? The disciple, not just to the multitudes, not to the crowds. As he was, these are different things. So Matthew chapter four is the first thing we're going to read. You've heard this a lot of times. Matthew chapter four and uh, verse 18 to 21 It says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, this is early on, he didn't even know his disciples at this point, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. So, you know, they're fishermen, right? And he saith unto them, he's never met these guys before in his life. Understand this, right? Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they were like, who are you? No, that's not what they said it says, and straightway they left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, their fishermen as well. And he called them, and immediately they left the ship and uh, and their father and followed him. The first thing that's going to be found in your life as you follow God is you need to follow him, right? You've got to follow him first, right? Pretty simple. Follow him. Now... If you go to one of the other Gospels, you'll find out that there was a little bit more attached to this story than just, hey, I'm walking by and, uh, you know, hey, you should follow me. Uh, they were fishing. They weren't catching anything. Jesus from the shore is like, hey, why don't you try casting the net over on this side? And they're like, who in the heck is this guy? But they try it. And then the net's so full that they can't even pull it in. So I mean, it was there was something that happened in their life. Generally, that's what happens when someone chooses to follow God is there's some sort of Incident. there's some sort of uh, happening in their life. sometimes it's uh, tragic, sometimes it's glorious, whatever it is, that they're like, God is so real that I have to follow, right? That's generally what happens. And so that, that's kind of what what happens here. Flip over to Mark chapter 8. Again, I don't usually do a whole lot of flipping, but we're going to here because I really want to focus on what's going on here. If you're not following him first doesn't matter what else is going on. Mark chapter 8, verse 34. And we had called the people, again, Jesus, unto him, with his disciples also. He said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the Gospels, the same shall save it. So what's he saying? He's basically saying, uh, you don't have any rights anymore. You're going to follow me no matter what happens. And even if that means that uh, you're called to do something that's absolutely absurd, this is what I want you to do. I want you to follow me. Verse 36. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of Me and of My words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when He cometh in glory uh, to His Father with the holy angels. He says, "Hey, if you want to be a part of what I'm doing, right? If you want to be a part of what's going on in the church, if you want to be a part of what's going on with Christianity in the world, and I'm not talking about the, you know, I'm not even going to get there. I'm not talking about the the crazy doctrines going around, different things. I'm talking about if you want to be a part of what Jesus is doing in the lives of people." He says it's going to start by following me, right? It's going to start by simply saying, this is what you want me to do? All right, here we go, right? It's going to start with, okay, you want me to stop hanging out with that kind of group of people because, uh, you know, it seems like every time I do, I do dumb things, right? You've ever been around somebody like that? It's like, I've I got to quit doing that because every time I'm around you, it's like, I just do things that I shouldn't do, right? I say things I shouldn't say. I act ways that I shouldn't, right? And it's like, I know better, but I, okay, that's not following Christ, That's following the world. That's what he's saying. If you're going to be a part of what's going on in this, you might not think that this world that we live in is a sinful and uh, adulterous generation, but maybe you ought to open your eyes because it's pretty wicked, right? The things that uh, your kids are growing up with, even in elementary school, it's pretty wicked. Uh, It's things that, it's just absolutely insane. The only way that you're going to be a part of what Christ is doing is if you say, I will follow you. It's not, I'll grab some of the things that I like about what the Bible says, It's following him. And he says it might not be comfortable. It might not be fun. But I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. Why? Because that's what he's asked me to do. And you know, when you pair it to some of these other things, it makes a lot more sense. Flip over to John chapter 21. It's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. We'll be here for a minute. John chapter 21. So this is a different point in Jesus' life because he's dead at this point. Uh, I mean, it's not it is, he's physically dead. Uh, he's spiritually alive. So he's been crucified. Uh, he was put in the grave. He rose again. Um, he is, at this point, uh, manifest. He showed himself to the disciples uh, several different times at this point uh, as the resurrected Christ. Okay, so we get to John chapter 21. That's what's going on. And I'm going to skip through the first part of the chapter because we're going to come back to it in the next point. But uh, we get to... Uh, the second part of the chapter, John chapter 21, he's talking to the Apostle Peter. Now, if you know anything about the 12 disciples, the apostles, whatever you want to call them, um, Peter's kind of like the ringleader, right? Uh, for better or worse, he's always got something to say. Usually it's the wrong thing, but at least he's doing something. He's always wanting to go and serve, We're right or wrong. He, he That's just the Apostle Peter, right? Uh, the, the disciple Peter. But uh, we get to the end of this whole thing, and I think what's really cool is because the very first thing, that Jesus ever said to Peter, we looked at it a minute ago, he sees him casting his net and he's like, hey, this is what I want you to do, follow me. This is the very last time that Jesus himself talks to the apostle Peter, right? Uh, John chapter 21 and verse 15. So when they had dined, we'll get back to the next and how we got here, but basically they're, they're having dinner um, by the seaside. Um, Jesus said unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my lambs. Verse 16, he saith unto him the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my sheep. Or, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, feed my sheep. Verse 17, he saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter's like, man, why do you keep asking me the same question, dude? Peter was grieved because he said in him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith in him, Feed my sheep. Now, you guys have heard me teach this before. Uh, he's asking different questions as he asks this. I mean, we can talk about it later. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on the fact that, you know, Jesus has to basically ask, the, change the question. Not, you know, Do you agape love me? Do you love me with uh, a love that will do absolutely anything for me? But the third time he has to basically say, Do you phileo love me? Do you love me like a brother? And Peter's, you know, he's broken at the fact that Jesus has to change the question for him to, to, to understand that's the kind of love I've got for you. I don't have the love for you that you want me to have, uh, but I do have some sort of love for you. Anyway, there's, you can preach a whole message on that. I don't have time for that. But anyway, that's kind of what's going on. Verse 18. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, he's talking to Peter, when thou wast young, Thou girdest thyself and walkest whether thou wouldest, but when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee without or whether thou wouldest not. Now what he's talking about here is Jesus is or uh, Peter's pretty sold out for Christ, right? Uh, even though he's got it wrong a few times, he denied him three times, uh, going to the cross, all the different things. But Peter is uh, as sold out as any of the other disciples, I would say. You know, uh, him and John are, are right up there. But anyway. And he says, when you were young, you got to make your own decisions. You got to go your own way. You got to do life how you wanted to do it, right? Uh, anybody ever, ever been there? Anybody ever been at a point in their life where it's like, I'm going to do what I want, when I want. I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm going to act a fool, and I'm going to have a good time doing it. I remember things that I did in my life that were just absolutely stupid, Right? And you look at them. Uh, I see them in other people's lives now, not in the church per se, but you know, people who just go get you know so drunked up that they don't even know what's going on, and they're like, hey, let's go do it again tomorrow. Or you know, they they just get so tied up in relationships in the world that are just totally tear them up, and they're just miserable. I and mean, then what do they do? They go right back into another one. It's just the same cycle over and over. and They're like, I'm doing what I want, and you know, power to me, you know, all the things, you know, the world we live in. Okay, what he's saying is, when you were young, you got to do what you wanted to do. You, you got to, you know, go your way. But what he's saying is, you chose to follow me, right? You chose my way. And, uh, even though you've stumbled along the way, you said, I'm going to follow you no matter what. Go back and hear when uh, Peter's like, man, if you're going to the cross, I'm going with you. Man, if you're getting crucified, I'm getting crucified. And Peter was like, <coughs> he at least said all the right things. He didn't always follow through, but he always said all the right. What Jesus is telling him, he's like, when you were young, you got to do things your way. But now you've you've decided to be sold out. And you know what that means? He's, he's basically telling him what's going to happen. He says, there's going to be a time when you are going to be old and you're going to... Uh, Stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thou what it's not. What he's basically doing is he's, he's telling Peter, uh, there's going to be a time that you will get crucified, and it's going to be just the same way that I was. And he did. Peter got crucified upside down, uh, and that's how he died. And Jesus is basically foretelling what's going to happen. He's like, man, you, you kept saying you were going to, Peter. The crazy thing is it's actually going to end that way, and you will finally get to a point where you are sold out. Right? And I'm not saying that if you don't go die on a cross, you're not sold. I'm not saying that at all. We don't, we don't live in a time like that today. You know, maybe tomorrow, I don't know. Turn on the news and there's a lot of things going on. I'm just saying this second it's not exactly like that. Live in a pretty peaceful country as of right now. I mean, there's a lot of things going on, but the question is we all say, oh yeah, I'm ready. There might be a time when you get to decide how ready you really are. Uh, there will be a generation that does. Whether that's us or not, I don't know. He says, when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee, whether thou wouldest not. This he spake, signifying what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said unto him, follow me. He's like, he's still willing to follow? Now that you know the end of the story, you still willing to follow? He started the story with, follow me. And he started his life with, follow me. And now he says, follow me. But here's where it gets good. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom, Peter, uh, whom Jesus loved. He's talking about John. Following. Which also leaned on the breast, uh, leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, uh, seeing, uh, him, see, uh, saith to Jesus, Lord, uh, and what shall this man do? Basically like, okay, so that's how I'm gonna die. How's John gonna die? Right? What's gonna happen to him? What about that guy? That's what he's asking. Jesus saith unto him, in verse 22, this is where it gets good if you ask me. If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Basically, what he told Peter was, "Why does it matter? I just told you how how it's going to end up for you. Why does it matter if if he stays till I come back at my second coming? What is that to thee? Follow thou me." And what I think is like really good about that, and to kind of wrap up this whole point, and if you're the first thing that you're going to do, if you're going to be somebody. uh that is just like, I I want to follow God in my life. It's got to start with just simply following. It's stop looking around at what everybody else is doing. Stop looking around at everybody else's life saying, well, man, they've got it figured out. Well, man, they seem pretty happy. Well, man, like, their kids are always smiling. It's because you're looking at pictures on social media. Everybody's kids are smiling. If you see them in real life, I promise they're not. They're screaming like little hillions because that's what most kids do, right? That's just what happens. What I'm saying is stop looking at what everybody else is doing. Stop looking at the ministry somebody else is in. Stop looking at the marriage somebody else has. Stop looking at the kids somebody else has. Stop looking at like, man, they got it figured out. I wish I could be blessed like that. I wish I could have something like that. I wish God would really be involved in my life like that. Who cares? What did God tell you to do? And can you just have peace with that? Well, I don't like that. Guess what? Christianity is a whole lot about you not liking it. But God getting the glory anyway. Now I'm not saying that your life is going to be all well. This is you know boring. This sucks. Like I promise, I got saved. Fifteen. We were talking about it the other day. It's been like fifteen years. Tyler and I got saved really close to one another in time frame, and um, I would never go back. Right? I, I couldn't go back if I wanted to to the life that I used to live. But is it all been like, man? This is just the greatest life ever. There's been some really hard things but I look back to the life I was living. I don't know that I could have survived much longer in a life like that. God knows what I need more than I know what I need. I just need to simply follow him. Stop looking around at what everybody else has got and just say, hey, what's my situation look like? What is God calling me to do? Is it like something profound? Or is it just something as simple as, hey, I want you to pick up your Bible a few times a week. I would encourage it maybe daily, but you know, a few times a week. And just hear what he has to say. Right? If you thought that this study was going to be like, hey, seven things that should be found in my life, I should be praying, I should be reading. Like, y'all know the things, the practical things you need to be doing. I'm talking a little bit deeper than that. Yeah, you probably should have a conversation with God every now and then. More than just, hey, these are the things that I want you to bless me in. Right? You probably should get in the Word. More than just, hey, I have a question, can you answer it? But hey, maybe it's just like, hey, life's going pretty good. What do you have for me today, God? What do you want me to know today? What can I learn? What can I change? What can I apply? And you might be like, well, I've already read the Bible. I've even read it twice. Well, guess what? Like, I've read things, not the whole Bible. I I have read the whole Bible several times. But there are places in the Bible that I've probably read 25 times, probably more, certain stories. John chapter 21. I was just, we were just at, at, we were just there. I saw something this morning. I preached John chapter 21 probably four different times. And you've got to get pretty deep into something to actually preach it. I saw something this morning that I've never seen before. So I promise, there's never going to be a time that you're like, "Well, I've already read that, so I guess it's not. I got to find something new. Let me dig into the Book of Jeremiah because I've never really understood that. So let me get into that, right? I promise. Just read anywhere, and God will show you something. You're right. The Book of Jeremiah is absolutely nuts, though. <laughs> I say, I'm i actually reading through Jeremiah right now. and It's like, there's some nuts of things going on. And, and then you turn on the news and it's like, wait, I think I just read that. But anyway, uh, something totally different. Um, stop focusing on what everybody else is doing. Stop like, hey, I want to be like that. I want to do that. Uh, simply follow him. What does that look like? Uh, it starts with, okay, here's Jesus. Where are you going? I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Okay, so a lot of times following me looks like uh, maybe I need to find somebody who's already following Jesus and do that. Somebody to emulate. Paul in First Corinthians chapter eleven. I told you I wasn't going to say anything about what Jesus said, but First Corinthians chapter eleven, verse one. Paul says, "Follow me as I follow Christ." Right? He says, "Hey, I'm following Christ. If you don't know what that looks like, follow me. Like that's what discipleship is. Hey, I'm going to find somebody that's doing it, and I'm going to you know try to emulate them, learn from them, so that I can do it on my own. That's what we're talking about. Simply choose to follow." Now, if you choose to follow, that doesn't mean I'm going to do it today and then not tomorrow, or I'll do it three days out of the week. It says, hey, I'm going to do this. This is, this is the new me. When I, when I gave my life to Christ, I remember, like, things were absolutely nutso in our lives. A lot of you have heard Paige and I's nice testimony it is absolutely nutso. And I remember telling Christ that when I got saved, and I'm telling Christ because I didn't really realize that, uh, You didn't just go to Jesus and tell him how things were going to be. But I remember when I got saved, that's how it was. I was like, if you want my life, you can have it, but you're getting all of it because this thing's an absolute train wreck and I'm not doing it my way anymore. So I'm not going to go halfway. You can have it. And just to see over the course of several weeks and months how God slowly said, okay, if you're willing to follow, I'm willing to take you somewhere. But if you're not willing to follow, I can't do anything with that. It's like having, uh, it's like having kids. If your kids are willing to learn, and obey, you can teach them a lot of things, right? I've coached a lot of sports with young kids. If somebody comes in and they're willing to listen and actually change some things about the way they do things and not try to hit a home run every swing or, you know, not try to blast somebody off their feet every time they tackle, you know, but whatever it is, and they're willing to actually learn some, some basics and some fundamentals, man, they're teachable. You can do something with that. But if they come in and they've already got it figured out, oh, I got this figured out, just watch me. You might make a big hit one out of every. Five or six, right? You might hit a home run one out of every 30, but 29 strikeouts look pretty ugly in between them, right? What I'm saying is it's the same way with following Christ. If you're going to follow and you give him something to work with, I promise he'll make a Christian out of you that you didn't even know could happen. Look back at your life as soon as you got saved. A lot of you have been saved for a long time, right? You've given, you give your life to Christ and you look back and you were like, I didn't really know what God could do in my life. And then however many years later, however long you've been walking with the Lord, like, look back and, like, wow, I've, God's really used me for some things. Now think, would early Christian you have thought that that was even possible? If you would have told me, uh, when I gave my life to Christ that there would be a time that I would stand up and and teach rooms full of people, that I would get up and preach, you know, service in front of hundreds of people, that I would go halfway around the world five or six times, to share the gospel with people, to, to, I mean, any of those kinds of things, I'd have been like, you're absolutely off your rocker. And just to prove to you how crazy you are, I'm going to stick my feet in the ground and I'm not doing anything, right? Because that's what we do. Our pride gets in the way. Because, and pride's where it starts. Our pride gets in the way and we can't do anything. If you'll just lay it down and say, okay, I'll follow you. What does that mean? I'm not really sure. But I, I'm, I'm telling myself today, I'm going to follow you. I'll start there. No matter what you ask me to do, might seem crazy. You want me to? You want me to take a flyer and go to somebody that I don't know, or even crazier, somebody that I do know. You know, like a neighbor, or you know, somebody that my kids play with, and, and be like, "Hey, do you want to come? Maybe if you weren't doing anything next, I know the weather's not going to be great, and I, you know, we, we're so timid all the time. Take a flyer and be like, "Hey." The church that I go to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm affiliating myself with Christ. The church that I go to, we're having this harvest party, right? And uh, it's going to be really cool for the kids. It's all about the kids. Uh, there's free food. There's free candy. There's free games. It's all afternoon. Would you want to come to that? You, maybe that's what, I mean, just simple, simple things like that. Maybe that's what God's telling you to do. Maybe God's telling you, hey, I want you to quit doing whatever it is in your life that you're doing that you know you shouldn't be doing. Now I'm not. I don't know. I know a lot of things that go on in a lot of people's lives, and I don't know the half of it. Praise the Lord. I don't need to know because I got enough crap going on in my own life, stuff going on in my own life that I don't, I don't have time to even process all of that. What I'm saying is, if you're going to say Christ, I will follow you, then that means whatever it is that He asks you to do, handing out a flyer, whatever, big, little, you know. Some of you like got job changes. Some of you got. Like huge decisions in your life to make. I know. Some of you are just like, I just don't know what to do. Take flyer and hand it to somebody. If you're willing to say, I will follow you, man, he can do more than you would ever even begin to think. But if not, if you're just like, I don't know, I'll do some of it, but I just I'm not completely bought in. That's fine. Don't be surprised when the results in your life are, you know kind of half cocked it's not what I half halfway and you don't really get what you were thinking you were gonna it's if you're only half in jesus can't i'm not saying jesus is only half in he's always all the way in but i'm saying he's only going to take you as far as you're willing to go does that make sense because if you're not willing to go he's not going to drag you he gives you free will if it wasn't for free will he would just be like i want the whole world to be saved Right? But instead he gives you free will. He lets you decide. And it's the same way with obedience. This is what I want you to do. Big little. Like, you know what it is in your life. I don't know. Every one of you has something in your mind. I guarantee. Something. Now, you might have a whole lot of somethings, right? Whatever it is, just be like, alright, I'm gonna follow. I'm gonna start there. And now now as Jason takes six more weeks to do the first point, right? No, we'll get through several more next week. But if we can't start with the simple, I'm just going to choose to follow, then it doesn't matter, right? Maybe this study takes till next December. Who cares? If it means that some of us are actually going to buy into what Christ is doing instead of halfway doing 72 different things, because I'm not saying, but I'm just saying there's a lot of you. And I don't mean just you, but I mean HBF and a lot of Christians who are doing a lot of things, but you're not getting anything done. Because you're so involved in so many different things that you can't get any one thing done. So, maybe maybe it is going to take longer. I don't know. I told you, I'm not sure exactly what this is going to look like as we go through it. But but if we can't just say, I'm going to follow you, then you're not going to get what you thought you were going to get. He'll only take you as far as you're willing to go. But, I will say this, and there's several of you in here that will be like, mm-hmm. if you say, I'll do whatever, God, don't be surprised if you look back next week, next year, ten years, and you're like, I can't believe that happened. If you're just available, Christ will use it. But are you available? Alright, so that's a good thought to stop. We'll get to the next one next week. The first thing you're going to do is you got to, you got to follow him. You've got to choose to follow him. I really thought I'd get through like three of these today. I mean, when I sat down to really put all this together, I'm like, okay, we'll get through this whole point. We're going to get through one, the first subpoint. That was a big one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, let's pray, and we'll get out of here, um, man. Whatever it is that God's telling you to do, just be willing. If you're not willing. I don't know. Let's pray. Father, I love you. Thank you for today. Thank you for uh, just loving us and being good to us. And uh, Lord, there's a lot of things going on in our lives. Um, I just think of my life in general, in, in, in particular, not general. And there's things that i know that you want me uh to uh lay down there's things i know that you want me to do to take the next step uh to be uh to be better at and so god i just pray that even in my own life that i would uh, just be willing to follow you and lord as we step into something new uh with a study like this that we would really be bought in to what it is that you've called us to do and this wouldn't be something that uh, we are excited about at the beginning and then we fizzle out on but man if we can't get the basics figured out in our lives then who are we to be out leading ministries and uh, all the different things. Uh, Lord I pray that we would just be focused on hearing from you. Uh, and Lord this is not something that I really wanted to teach but I felt that you really uh, pushed me towards and so I pray that uh, just the following of the spirit would be uh, just magnified in the lives of your people. I thank you for the Passpoint class and everybody who's just involved and they're already doing your work. And I pray that we would just find peace in the simplicity of Christ. Lord, be with Pastor Brian as he preaches today. Uh, just a lot of things going on at HBF. A lot of people uh, just uh, choosing to, to follow you in, in a lot of different ways. There's uh, people uh, just getting saved, people getting baptized, there's people joining ministries and there's a lot of stuff happening at HBF and it's not because of us, but it's because of what you're doing. Uh, Lord, I pray for the, the harvest party coming up. I pray for the Halloween outreach uh, that you would just be a God of the details. Be with the walking tacos fundraiser. You just uh, give them way more money than you ever thought that uh, they could raise and they'd go and bless the church and Monmouth in a couple of weeks and uh, Lord, more than anything I just pray that we're excited about what you're doing because if there's no excitement about you then there's no excitement about any of it so uh, Lord I pray you just uh, continue to work in our lives draw us closer to you uh, just use us uh, as people who uh, shine your light in a dark world uh, in Christ's name amen